1: Tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear
2: is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan.
3: 10, 9, 8, 7, 6,
0: 5,
4: Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now, your host, the editor in chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris.
5: All right, hello, everybody. Welcome to hour number two of the broadcast. Of course, we are live nationwide and worldwide on satellite over the internet and our affiliate stations with you every Sunday night from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Super excited to have with us a guest for the first time on one of my very favorite topics. It is government waste, and the organization is called Open the Books, and joining us is its founder and CEO, Adam Andrzejewski. Adam, good to have you with us, sir.
3: Great to be on the program, Jim. Thank you very much for your interest in our work.
5: And did you get, uh, did I get your name right?
3: <laughs> you nailed it, Jim. You absolutely nailed it. And is not an easy name to say. I just, I just always encourage people to remember the website, which is OpenTheVotes.com. But, uh, but you did an excellent job with the last name.
5: Well, I was looking around at your website and I noticed that you and I, uh, you know, I grew up very, very close to where you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm from Chicago and I grew up at 79th in Harlem. I lived there till I went to college. I went to Argo High School. And uh, the, where your office is, I drove by many, many times. Are you originally from that area, or you've relocated to the Chicago area? Oh, that's pretty
3: incredible. So uh, I grew up in a rural area of Illinois, about 100 miles south of Illinois, literally... Um, in the middle of nowhere, uh, surrounded by 26 miles, uh, 13 miles in all directions of cornfields, bean fields, sunflower fields, alfalfa fields. It's where I developed my work ethic, uh, walking beans to tasseling corn, baling hay. And, uh, and so, we, you know, what I've tried to do over the years is just bring that work ethic now into, um, you know, government transparency and auditing of government spending.
5: Yeah, and it's incredible just looking at some of the examples. On your website, and I want to start with uh, this whole issue of of the government getting involved with artwork and the arts and all of these kinds of things. And uh, one of the things that just struck me is just so odd, and I'm not sure if I'm the only one that that thinks this way. But why do organizations that have assets of of millions and millions of dollars need any money from the government uh... in fact one of the things that i regularly do adam is i will check out a charity before i give money and I'll hear like some really compelling story on the radio, some guys raising money for people that have no water in a third world country, and I'm thinking, wow, this sounds like a good thing, maybe I should donate 20 or 30 bucks, and I'm getting my credit card out, and then I decide to go online, pull up their IRS 990 and find out that this guy's taking a salary of 400, 500, 600,000 right. and I'm thinking, wait a minute. <laughs> This guy has more income than I do. Why am I giving him my money? Uh, But people just don't seem to to look at these charities this way. So tell us kind of the foundation of this uh, of of this whole report that you've done, which is just amazing to look at this graphic here. Thank you. uh, Of millions of dollars in assets, but yet we have to support them as taxpayers.
3: Right. So first off, right out of the blocks, Jim, I want to cover your question as to who we are. Right. Who we are. at open the book. Yeah. We're a public charity. We are American transparency, and, and we don't accept government money. So last year, uh, for instance, like in, with our partnership with the Ohio State Treasurer, Josh Mandel, we did a mobile app for him. He was able to push his entire state checkbook all the way back to 2009 to, to everyone's cell phones using a mobile application. We, uh, we cloned our own. We, uh, we white-labeled to him, no charge, pro bono. It cost us about $40,000 to do. But look, that's what public charities do. It's, it's a mission of education. There are tax breaks donors get. Uh, there are other uh, uh, tax advantages that non-for-profits have, charitable organizations. We take that mission very seriously. And when we did the uh, report uh, on art, it seems like... Uh, uh, many well-heeled, asset-rich organizations are getting tens of millions of dollars of taxpayer funding.
5: And I don't know if you get into the compensation issue, but I've seen some of these like, crazy examples. I, I think it's the-, the guy that's the CEO of the John G. Shedd Aquarium. I mean, he, he has an enormous salary. There's some of, the, and some of these college presidents, some of these nonprofit, you know, Red Cross, uh, as an example. Goodwill is another example. Uh, but not only their assets, but how they're paying their top people. I mean, these are like major corporate enterprises. Uh, so give us some examples. Who kind of made it to your naughty list here? And, and give us some examples of some of the gross uh, scenarios that, that we're looking at.
3: Well, the number one example that we held out in our... So we, we did a, uh, an oversight report at OpenTheBooks.com. We do quarterly oversight reports. Our honorary chairman is the former U.S. Senator, Dr. Tom Coburn, who in 2006, along with then-Illinois Senator Barack Obama, they opened up the federal checkbook with their legislation. It was the Google Your Government Act of 2006. That's what makes our federal oversight work possible. We, uh, we then take that open data and we audit it. When we audited the National Foundation on the Arts and Humanities, what we found, just in a nutshell, right off the top, we found that 71 well-heeled, asset-rich organizations with over $1 billion worth of financial assets had received... million in the last fiscal year of funding. So then we looked at every single organization that got funding from the National Foundation on the Arts and Humanities. Trump wants to zero it out. Robert Redford wants to increase the money. We took a look at, uh, last year, every organization with at least $10 million of assets, and they actually got the most money out of any tranche of organization. They got $84 million last year.
5: And these numbers are so big that I think the average person, their eyes kind of gloss over when we're talking about millions and millions of dollars. But what we're talking about, it kind of give people the analogy, it would be like if the person in your town that had the biggest house, right, right, that the government was paying for their yard to be cut, for their house to be cleaned, for their fence to be painted, for them to get new cars, you think, wait a minute, that just doesn't seem right. But these nonprofits would say to you, but we're doing good work. Uh, we're, we're doing right. good things with the money, but at the same time, you have a hard time justifying the accumulation of millions and millions and millions of dollars of assets. Do you right. find that it's, ins- a
3: great enalo- it's a great analogy you lay out? Um, I want to carry it a step further. So sure. think about your hometown. Think about the millionaire in your own in your own hometown. So in our report, and you can see this um, the, if you come to OpenTheBooks.com, on the right-hand side of the website is, is a report tab And right underneath that, you can click and read this report for yourself. We show that $0.20 on every dollar of arts and humanities funding last year flowed to million-dollar asset organizations. They were, I'm sorry, so uh, $0.80 on every dollar flowed to organizations with assets over a million. Only $0.20 on every dollar flowed to the, quote, starving artist organization with assets under a million.
5: And wasn't it that this uh, whole uh, Shakespeare play in in Central Park that uh, portrayed Donald Trump uh, as Caesar being stabbed to death on stage, wasn't that partially funded by some of this money?
3: So while we were putting together the, the oversight report on the arts and humanities, that's when the national scandal hit the press. On Shakespeare in the Park, which was run by the New York uh, Fest- Shakespeare Festival, um, so that's the parent company. And right away, the National Endowment of the Arts responded to Donald Trump Trump Jr.'s tweet, and he asked how much government money is involved in this play, where they where they you know where they kill his father with with the uh, uh, with the Shakespeare in the Park. And so we our teams immediately within twelve hours we had the answer: uh, federal, state, and local money. It's Thirty million dollars since 2009 that flowed to the parent company the new york uh, shakespeare festival
5: wow amazing amazing uh, so much more to talk about we're also uh, in our next uh, segment's going to get into some specific examples as well of your taxpayer dollars hard at work sarcasm intended we'll have a break and we'll be back after this stay tuned We're listening to Jim Paris Live. All right, we are back, and the website is openthebooks.com. Openthebooks.com. You can make a donation. You can look at just a tremendous amount of videos, reports. Uh, This is a website you want to visit several times a week just to see what they're doing. And uh, joining us is the founder of the organization, Andrew Angievsky. And, Andrew, I want to talk about the VA spending on luxury art here in a second. But before we do that, great question from a listener in Chicago that emailed me during the break. They want to know, in your view, why is it that the big, rich Multi-million dollar asset uh, charities are getting this money. Is the system rigged against, like the little you know uh, summer theater camp that has no money in a community that's really doing good? Uh, is, is it that uh, the big organizations have an in with someone? How are they getting all this money?
3: Sure, I I think the system is rigged. The system's been gamed for the personal enrichment of those organizations that have the political connections. I think it's the same. Uh, not only in Washington, D.C., which our por- our report took a look at. And by the way, this this broke on Tuesday, Jim. You're probably well aware of this, on the editorial page of the Wall Street Journal, which we were very, very thankful for that coverage. But I just want to cover a little bit of the arts funding in Illinois based on that question. Obviously, we're based in Illinois. Illinois is what we affectionately refer to the state as the Super Bowl of corruption. Uh, in <laughs> Illinois, <laughs> uh, I think it's no secret that our number one manufactured product is corruption. Uh, And here's why your listening audience around the country should care about it. The uh, National Endowment of the Arts, every single year, sends nearly $1 million to Illinois state government to pass out. And it is supposed to, like you referenced, it's supposed to go to the neighborhood theater. It's supposed to go to those small arts organizations that wouldn't rise to the federal level because they don't have the resources to get there, right? So the Illinois Arts Council, it's run by... Shirley Madigan, and who is Shirley Madigan? She is the wife of the very, very powerful House Speaker who's been there since 1983. Uh, Her husband is Michael Madigan. Her daughter is the Attorney General of Illinois, Lisa Madigan, the top law enforcement officer. Shirley Madigan's been the chairman of this Illinois Arts Council since uh, also 1993. So we just uh, reviewed uh, her grants over the course of the past five years, and it's the same story at the federal level. 20, just 20 out of 1,800 organizations that received some money, 20 of them scooped up $12 million out of the $33 million they passed out over the course of the last five years. And those organizations control financial assets of at least $3.1 billion dollars so none of these, at the federal level like we've been talking about or at the state level right here in illinois none of these organizations can argue they needed taxpayer funding.
5: yeah and and it's 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 even worse when people understand the bigger picture which is that not only do we have a taxpayer money directly being misappropriated clearly but when people understand how nonprofits work for every dollar donated to a nonprofit that's a dollar that comes off of a tax return somewhere that is not taxable income which means that we're sort of all contributing that money as well, even if it's not coming directly from the government, even private contributions are in essence subsidized to some percentage uh, by the general public as well. Now, the VA, of course, uh, in recent years, you hear the word about reform, then you hear stories of these veterans committing suicide in their cars in the parking lots because they can't get into the, the hospitals. All of this is going on. The VA says it doesn't have enough money. They don't even have proper computers to be able to keep track of records and so forth. But yet, Um, they have quite a lot of money when it comes to luxury art. Give us some examples.
3: (laughs) So this wasn't even funny. Uh, All the way back to 2004, it's one of the greatest scandals hopefully any of us will ever witness in our lifetime. Of course, I'm speaking of the scandal at Veterans Affairs at the VA. Uh, If you're listening, audience, they may remember. Uh, We'll just do a quick refresher. Uh, They cooked the books. Seven out of ten uh, VA facilities cooked the books. They showed no wait times. While sick veterans waited to see a doctor, and uh, during a ten-year period, our honorary chair, Dr. Tom Coburn, when he was in the Senate, he said that up to a thousand veterans died while waiting to see a doctor. Uh, it, the scandal, you may recall, broke uh, largely in the spring of 2014 over in Phoenix, where Phoenix Director Sharon Hellman, we uh, we showed at OpenTheBooks.com, and we we became the de facto repository of, of VA pay and, and bonus data, because uh, we had already captured that, and we put out m- most of our findings through USA Today. Uh, Sharon Hellman, there was, there was, uh, she was the director at Phoenix. There was uh, 3,300 employees over at the Phoenix facility. Uh, she had the number one bonus the prior year. It was two times larger than anybody else. Uh, eventually, that bonus, because of our disclosure, was taken away. She sued to get it back, and, and it's been a big struggle over the years. But we played a big role in 2014, and since then, Jim, we have followed that scandal. Every single year, we've audited the VA checkbook, and last summer, we found, for the first time, we found that $20 million was spent during this period, during the period of the scandal, on high-end artwork. And it was, it was uh, 27,021-foot Christmas trees. It was sculptures that cost more than five-bedroom homes. We identified two sculptures for a total of $700,000 purchased by a VA facility out in California, a VA facility that serves blind veterans. I kid you not. And here's what they need to know, that every veteran deserves to be able to see a doctor. And no, that blind veteran cannot see. A fancy sculpture,
5: and what, what do you think is the reason behind this? I, because I, I, I always try to to think in terms of follow the money. So I'm thinking like someone has a, a brother-in-law who does crazy art. He welds together a bunch of hubcaps and then he sells that to the VA for five hundred thousand dollars. Do we do we know that there's it's kind of like a, a family member involved with the, some of these persons. Why, why would a VA, uh, you know, administrator care about artwork? I mean, what would be their motivation to do this? It just seems insane to me.
3: Well, eventually. Uh, so we broke this at Good Morning America, and it went to ABC World News tonight. And this was in July of last, uh, of last year during the summer. Uh, the uh, powerful... Senate Judiciary Chairman Chuck Grassley out of Iowa, he picked this up. He wrote a three-page oversight letter to VA Secretary Robert McDonald. And by August 14th, so within 35 days, after the piece broke at ABC, within 35 days, the VA secretary had apologized and instituted rules for the first time ever to stop this stuff because this stuff was happening all over the country.
5: Yeah, you you almost I mean, I'm just thinking out loud here, but you could probably find veterans that are also artists that would donate their work or other artists that would love to have their work on display. If you need to have art, I mean, just prioritizing my goodness. I mean, if you can't take care of people's medical needs, why in the world are you spending any time or money on art? I mean, who would care if you went in and the walls were bare? If everybody got good treatment, uh, you could live with that. Uh, but this Amen. is just—I mean, and this that's, that's is just exactly crazy.
3: what our argument was. While the VA was abjectly failing on its core mission to provide health care, to simply pick up the phone when a veteran was calling the suicide helpline, those calls were going to voicemail. Veterans were waiting years on medical appeal to get their to get their appeal adjudicated all the way to Washington, D.C., while the VA was failing on their core mission to provide basic health care to our military heroes, they were spending tens of millions of dollars on high Just start.
5: surreal. And we'll have more as we uh, continue our discussion. Uh, this is just fascinating. Stay tuned. Don't miss it. We'll be
8: right back.
0: you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-765-9681 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-765-9681. Again, that's eight hundred seven six five nine six eight one.
6: 800 765 9681 Today, how to incorporate your business in just 10 minutes so you won't lose everything if you get sued. Step one, stop putting it off. If you're not incorporated and someone sues your business tomorrow, it's not just your business at risk. You can lose everything, your home, your car, even your life savings. Step two, call the following number for a free 10-minute incorporation guide from Incorporate.com. 1-800-945-1063. They don't provide legal or financial advice. They just make incorporating quick and easy. So you can incorporate or form an LLC in just 10 minutes. That number again is 1-800-945-1063. Step three, congratulate yourself. By taking just 10 minutes to incorporate your business or form an LLC, you protected your home, your car, and your life savings. And that is how you incorporate your business in just 10 minutes. But hurry while they're still giving away these 10-minute incorporation guides for free. Call 1-800-945-1063. That's 1-800-945-1063.
4: You are listening to Jim Paris Live!
5: Well, when you're on live radio, it's always good to have smart people that are listening that can correct you. (laughs) My apologies. Our guest's name is Adam Angievsky. I called him Andrew, and that's what happens when you fly all night uh, from Denver uh, before you do your live radio show. Adam, my apologies. I want to go on and talk about, uh, of course, the website is OpenTheBooks.com. There's so much there for you folks if you want to go there and check this out. Let's talk about... Federal Pension Transparency, you've got a special report there. I noticed one of the key findings that there is an unfunded liability of $3.5 trillion with a T. What in the world is going on with this?
3: Well, that's, that's the source of that, uh, obviously, is Moody's, Jim. So at OpenTheBooks.com, what we primarily do is we capture government spending. We're the world's largest private database, of government spending at the federal, state, and the local levels across the entire country. So we've captured about 4 billion individual government expenditures. We've put them in our database, and anybody in your listening audience can uh, search the last three fiscal years at OpenTheBooks.com. So one of the areas that needs transparency is incredibly federal pensions. So think about this. If you want to see your retired United States senator their retirement annuity, or your retired um, congressman, their retirement annuity. This is private information. So, yes, you elected them many times for decades. They are supposed to be public servants, and they are retired on a lifetime public pension. And you, the pesky taxpayer, you, you have no right to see it. Really? You want to change that. Now,
5: this $3.5 trillion number Is is this generally included when we get these reports of where the national debt stands? Because this would represent, I mean, like a good twenty five percent or close to that of the national debt.
3: Well, I think this would go to the unfunded liability uh, portion of the calculations, not even to the national debt, right? So, so the national debt is is one thing; it's our it's our actual debt obligations. This is uh this is one of those off the books uh accounting ledger mistakes. That yeah, were, uh, that were never really treated and, to.
5: And this is where, like, the economist Dr. Walter Williams says right. that the real debt is something like 120 to 200 trillion. I've heard numbers as high as that. I think his numbers around 120 trillion that I've heard him mention before. But some of these numbers you hear are over 200 trillion. Now, clear this up for me. I- I've heard different things. Like, if you're elected to Congress or you're elected to the Senate and you serve, you know, just a few years, you know, maybe you're not there your entire career of 40 or 50 years, which I think is a good thing if you're not there all that long. But how much does someone get who just is up in, in like, the D.C. area working for us for just a few years? Have you looked at those numbers?
3: So, you know, I I don't, you know, this is all published online. So in terms of a congressman or United States senator, I don't have in front of me, the timeline calculation of how they, how how the bureaucrats do calculate their pension. But I have heard that if you win re-election, the timeline starts that you're owed something. So your are listening audience could probably check that out. But here's here's what we do know: these things are hand literally. You can't even make these stories up. The Washington Post called. The mountain, the windowless Cold War-era mountain in Pennsylvania, where these federal retirement pensions, your congressmen and all your civil service employees and everybody else, they're calculated, hand-calculated still, inside a Pennsylvania mountain. The Washington Post called it a sinkhole of bureaucracy. There there actually are 28,000 filing cabinets that hold the paperwork.
5: Wow, that is bizarre. I have never heard that before. (laughs) And, you know, one thing I've always been fascinated to notice, just sort of anecdotally... And growing up in Chicago, my grandmother, she told me, all politicians are dishonest. And I remember her telling me this over and over again. I said, Grandma, look, you know, I know you're jaded. I know you're cynical. Maybe some are, but but not all are. Oh, no, they all are. She, would, she was very insistent <laughs> upon that. And, 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 and as I get older, I, I'm beginning to think she was right. Because one of the things I notice, uh, just anecdotally, is how some of these people go in like a Dennis Hastert, sort of a, a, you know, moderate income, kind of an everyday guy, and then you're hearing about, like, paying people off for millions of dollars and i know there was that whole side story about who he was paying off and what might have happened years ago and all that but my question was like, where does he get millions of dollars now i mean he didn't have these millions of dollars when he went into public service and now he has these millions of dollars i would love to see someone do just sort of like a before and after balance sheet for people you know that are (laughs) in public office to say and just ask the question like You know, how do you have $10 million now in your bank account? Regardless of what you do with it, how did you get to that point, just making $150,000 a year uh, for 20 years?
3: I think that's why they spend so much money to get elected to these positions, right? I, I totally think your grandmother was correct. We have a phrase on our team, in God we trust, our politicians we must audit. So all these guys, if they say anything, fact-check your politicians. And how you fact-check those politicians is exactly how the feds caught Al Capone back in the day. You follow the money. You follow the money aggressively. And at OpenTheBooks.com, that's what our mission is. It's, It's every dime, online, in real time. And we're about a year and a half out from assembling, for the first time ever, a very, very important database. That's all public spending at every level in the entire country. There is 120,000 separate units of government in the country. We are filing Freedom of Information Act requests into each one of them, extracting their uh, public spending records and posting them at OpenTheBooks.com. So you, you, everybody in the listening audience, can hold their elected officials accountable for tax and spend decisions.
5: Email coming in here from a Dallas uh, listener. Great question. They want to know they want you to explain what you go through to get this information and is it just that it's all public information that's available or do you have to fight to get this information i think you may have answered that partially with what you just said but if you want to elaborate on that a little bit more Because I think we 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 all think it's we all think it's just public it's just public information. If you went onto the right website or googled the right phrase, all of this is public. It's just that nobody really (laughs) looks at it. That's that's what I think most people believe.
3: Right. Well, it's it's so here's the background on it. It's all public information. But they don't, you know, by and large, government doesn't proactively post it. You have to ask for it, right? So it's siloed up in 120,000 silos across the country. And we actually call it the new arms race. So private information, like, for instance, if you know my address here in DuPage County in Illinois, you can look up my home, and you can find out how many bathrooms, bedrooms, how much I paid for the house, how much my mortgage is. Everything about my private residence is online. And, you know, private sector information, whether it's, you know, your health information, your phone calls, or everything else, it exists somewhere in a database. So with government information, it's totally different. So all of this is siloed up in 120,000 units of of government across the country. Most of these governments are local. And what we do is we have a three-stage process. We send them through email a Freedom of Information Act request. And if they don't respond, we follow up with a U.S. post office letter that requests the same information. And if they don't respond, our telemarketing team kicks into action and we issue them phone calls. And on that basis, we get about 90 cents on every dollar of spending in every state that we go into.
5: Wow. So, so this isn't, uh, I mean, this is information. It sounds like you have to really work to get this information, so what well, we're in seeing in certain
3: jurisdictions, it's a lot tougher than than others. Um, last year, we spent we we spent eighteen months, and there's three hundred twenty seven uh, local units of government on Long Island in New York, and for the first time ever, we collected from all those school districts, municipalities, and everything else uh, their public information, and it was literally Jim hand to hand combat six lawsuits were filed our team's won all six of those lawsuits we got every single checkbook on long island from the units of government and we proved that government has to follow the law yeah that, that
5: that's amazing that you have to go through that much trouble and i would imagine that you find a correlation between those that are less transparent uh you know having some some real you know reasonable things they'd want to hide.
3: <laughs> I mean, well, it, and it, it's a one to one correlation. If they're not going to follow open records law in their state, they do have something to hide. And let's talk about what they're hiding. That information, just to fully answer your caller's question.
5: The, Adam, we'll, we're going to hold you right there. It's our last segment. Hard break coming up. We'll be right back with with our special guest. OpenTheBooks.com. We'll be back. Stay tuned.
4: Love or loathe him, Donald J. Trump is our 45th president. There is no denying now that Trump will go down in history, both despised and admired. Commemorate Trump's presidency with your very own Trump Silver Bust from TrumpSilverStatue.com. This museum-quality heirloom Trump Silver Statue bust is hand-cast from 20 troy ounces of silver, a great investment. From TrumpSilverStatue.com. Loathed or loved, own a valuable piece of Trump's legacy. Get your solid silver Trump bust today at TrumpSilverStatue.com.
2: Are you one of the 15 million men in the U.S. who suffer from an enlarged prostate, also known as BPH? If your life revolves around finding the closest bathroom, if you're tired of waking up many times at night to urinate, then you need to know about Prostate Miracle. Prostate Miracle contains sitosterol, which is 3,000 times stronger than saw palmetto. Its effect on BPH has been extensively studied. Find out more and get Prostate Miracle now. Go to ProstateMiracle.com or call 877-965-2140. That's 877-965-2140
8: if you're 85 or younger would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family we're final expense direct with an urgent message for you the average funeral today costs over eight thousand dollars but the most you'll get from government benefits is 255 dollars how will your family pay the difference we can help our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to thirty thousand dollars for a funeral and other final expenses Call 800-557-0158. That's 800-557-0158. Again, 800-557-0158.
2: If there's a toxic chemical biological gas smoke emergency while traveling at home or on your job, are you protected? Are you prepared? There are over 400,000 fires in the USA every year. Up to 85% of all deaths on a fire are due to smoke inhalation. Three minutes without air and we as humans will die. Be prepared and escape safely with our Safe Escape Smoke Hoods, giving you up to 60 minutes of breathable air protection. Order yours online at ase-safety.com. That's ase-safety.com and get up to 40% off plus free shipping.
5: You're listening
4: to Jim Paris Live.
5: Wow, I am looking around this website, and I might be up until 3 o'clock in the morning messing around on this website. (laughs) Openthebooks.com. I just clicked on my my home state, and I I see that there's some guy named Mark B. Rosenberg that works at Florida International University, and he makes $663,000 a year. Yep. I don't even know. Are these just like? It just this is like who makes the most to who makes the least? Kind of a list that I'm looking at here.
3: Right. So from the top down, uh, from 2013 through 2016. Uh, in 2016, we're just beginning. We've only got about one out of every seven Florida public employees in our database. But in 2015, we had uh, we had over 700,000 uh, Florida in, uh, public employees in our database. Uh, and in 2014, you could see about 800,000 of them. And Mark Rosenberg, uh, last year at Florida International University, did pull down $663,000. And what,
5: what, um, does he do, what does he do there? Does he, like, create gold bars? What is his job there? <laughs>
3: Well, you could Google them and find out really quickly. That's for sure. I just want to take you down. There's about five slots on that Florida list down at 2014 in the city of Apopka, Richard Anderson. So Richard Anderson in 2014 pulled down over five hundred thousand dollars. It shows in his last year. Yeah, uh, he retired. It. He went back on. We know uh, on a hefty consulting contract back right back at the city. Uh, from news reports, we also know that he has at least two pensions. Uh, that he's also receiving. So this this is why citizens need to be engaged at the local level. We can't vent blindly about our state capitol or Washington, D.C. until we know if we've got good government where we live. And I can tell you, if you look at uh, at the uh, public salaries, if you look at the checkbook spending, you will have questions. Demand answers from your public officials. Network your local people into those meetings. That creates news events and that squeezes out waste, fraud, corruption, and abuse. Well, and it
5: used to be people would go into these civil servant jobs. I remember going, when I was in high school, we'd have kind of these career type seminars and you'd decide what you're going to pursue in college. And I remember. It used to be that, well, you won't make as much if you go into government work, but it's good, honest work, you're helping out your fellow citizen, and there are some, you know, there are some you know, good benefits, you'll have some security, this kind of thing. But it, w- it was never that you'd make this kind of money. I'm thinking now I made the wrong choice. I well, mean, looking at all this money response. people make.
3: Jim, that's the most common response from hardworking taxpayers. They've got no idea just how lucrative it is in the public sector working for government.
5: Yeah, now before I, we went before we went to the break, I cut you off and Yeah, I want to come right back. To yeah, that. go back to that cuz I was really interested in what you were about to so say
3: all there. of this information, all of this information on where government spends your tax dollar, it's all public information by and large. There's some certain exclusions with good public purpose where where some of the information's private, but that's rare. Most of it is public information and here's what people don't know. You and I as citizens, we already own that information. We own that record. And it's the most important record uh, that, that exists at the local level or the state level. We have to follow a process to get our hands on that record, and that's the freedom of information or the open records law in your state. So we have to go through all of these hurdles just to get a record that we, we the citizen, already own. We already own it because in America the citizen is sovereign. We institute a government uh to uh, uh government is instituted of the people to secure our rights we as sovereign citizens we already own that public information and that's what people need to understand when you start to get the bureaucratic runaround
5: uh email here from florida this, this is uh probably just in reaction to what we just went over this they're asking here how did these public officials get to these salary levels is there no check and balance who's agreeing for them to get paid these amounts of money. I I mean, I'm just thinking it's the government, so there's government's always got red tape and processes involved and so forth. So how does someone get to a point to where they're tipping five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars a year? I mean, is this just like through quarterly Uh, you know, raises that they get over like the course of 20 or 30 years. And somebody's like, well, you get the quarterly percentage raise, and now you're at $670,000 a year. You're doing a good job. And, uh, you know, here's your broom and and your dustpan. Go back uh, to cleaning uh, as your janitor, uh, as a janitor position. Here's
3: the simple answer. The boards at the local, state, regional level that we all elect, these boards are conferring these lucrative pay packages. So it's pay. It's all – look – Spending and overspending, and the amount of debt we all carry, by and large, it comes back to pay, pensions, and perks that these elected officials are doling out. And I want to give you some examples here from Illinois. So, uh, we're getting ready to come out with our piece on the highly compensated 100,000 and above salaries at every level of Illinois government. And there's 60,000 of them. In New York State, there's 175,000.
5: Did you just of them. say there's 60,000 people? That are public employees that are getting over a hundred grand a year in Illinois. In Illinois, that's, that's wow. Correct. That is just up,
3: shocking. Up from fifty thousand last year. Wow. So here, here's some of the job titles: bus operator, carpenter, uh, the auto pound supervisor in the city of Chicago. I kid you not. The guy man, quote managing and supervising the auto pound where your car gets towed. That guy's making over a hundred grand a year. Uh well and
5: uh, i wish we could both say like well 100,000 is what it used to be so that's you know pocket change but
3: that's still a lot of money today
5: $100,000 most people don't make half that make. most families don't make half that
3: it's more than what i make heading up open the books.com right i make 80,000 a year which is a lot of money and i'm not complaining uh you know there's uh uh painters and tree trimmers and and uh, uh press secretaries and bricklayers and uh, the director of diversity in the city of Chicago makes over a hundred thousand dollars, and barbers in our state prison systems make over a hundred grand. Oh my goodness! And the goodness. teacher of barbary at the prison systems at the state level. I makes think they, over could over buy,
5: they could buy they could buy flow and get rid of all the barbers. There's <laughs> Mike. My, my first. A money saving tip. Well, you know the timing of that is going to be uh, really incredible with this new budget that just went through over the governor's veto. You're going to be putting like salt on an open wound with that when people see that.
3: That's true. And and uh, and the governor finally he uh, in the end when push came to shove he was good on taxes, but he's been wrong on spending. For instance, his wife as the first lady of Illinois has no official state duties, but he hired he created a position for a personal assistant for her, and he pays that assistant over $100,000 per year.
5: Wow. And that's why almost every governor of Illinois goes on to prison. <laughs> uh, it's it's a, it's the career track to prison. But it, it seems like uh, only if you get into a high office like that do you go to prison when you're mismanaging money. Um, I, I read years ago about the story of the Chicago school system janitors, how they would rig the system by a few months before retirement. They would be the manager, quote-unquote, I'm using air quotes, to be able to have that last two quarters at the higher pay level, to be able to uh, get that that six-figure uh, salary into retirement. So the where is the, it-
3: worst, the worst example we've ever uncovered in Illinois? Uh, the original story was broke by the Chicago Tribune. Two union lobbyists substitute taught in the Illinois public schools for one day and stood in line to receive a million dollar lifetime teacher pension. The legislature rushed into session. They passed a law. The governor, governor at the time, Pat Quinn, signed it, patted himself on the back. Everybody, all the editorial boards around the state, patted themselves on the back. They said they stopped them. And then, and this is why pension transparency is so important, 18 months later, I was up late checking our new data on Illinois pensions that came in, and I saw both their names. Those guys actually got their pensions
5: for teaching one day as a substitute teacher.
3: One day in the Illinois public schools, they were wow. uh, they uh, they got million dollar lifetime teacher pensions. I'm thinking They'll like like a, a side
5: a side business here for you, Adam. If you want to go like black hat, is is a book like How to Get Filthy Rich. From the government like you you know how this is all done so if you wanted to kind of wake up and be the evil Adam one day like you could like have ten million dollar pensions coming in and living on some island somewhere because you know how this is all done I'm uh, saying that tongue-in-cheek but then again I'm not I mean this is just unbelievable so in our last uh, 30 seconds here what do you think is going to happen to Illinois Uh, a Trump bailout coming anytime soon
3: well, uh taxpayers from around the country should insist that that not happen because any money that you throw at Illinois feeds the culture of waste, fraud, corruption and abuse.
5: And what a what a uh, I I can't imagine a better place for you to be that that is ground Zero, being right out there outside of Chicago, uh, looking for um, all examples of of government waste. The website is incredible. I understand there's an app that people can have for their phone to look this up uh, on their phone as well. Uh, Go there, folks. Openthebooks.com. Check out your own state. Make a donation. uh, Subscribe to the newsletter. All good stuff. Adam Angievsky, thank you so much, sir, for sharing your time with us tonight.
3: Jim, thank you very much for having me on the program. I look forward to coming back.
5: Thank you, sir. God bless. All right. uh, Wow. I'm speechless. I I am literally speechless. I I don't know if I will sleep tonight. Will I sleep for a week? Oh, my goodness. This is just incredible. Check out the website, OpenTheBooks.com. If it's Sunday night, it's Jim Paris Live. We'll talk to you next time. If you want to learn more about my personal war on monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com. That's christianmoneyplus.com. If you're just plain sick and tired of those monthly bills, check out my website, christianmoneyplus.com.
2: Are you one of the 15 million men in the U.S. who suffer from an enlarged prostate, also known as BPH, if your life revolves around finding the closest bathroom, if you're tired of waking up many times at night to urinate, then you need to know about Prostate Miracle. Prostate Miracle contains sitosterol, which is 3,000 times stronger than saw palmetto. Its effect on BPH has been extensively studied. Find out more and get Prostate Miracle now. Go to ProstateMiracle.com or call 877-965-2140. That's 877-965-2140.